Hello and welcome once again to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I am proud to be your host. My name is Terence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, January 29th, 2022. This is the second installment of the series called God's Order or Satan's Disorder by Eric Birmingham. And it was initially published on January 22nd at the Fatima Center website located at Fatima.org. Once again, the Fatima Center is a wonderful resource for true and accurate information pertaining to Our Lady of Fatima. Mr. Birmingham once again begins with this verse from 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober and watch, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Satan's Final Battle Against the Family Sister Lucia reportedly said that the devil's final battle would be against the family. In commenting on a letter written by her, Cardinal Kafara said, In that letter we find written, The final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, she added, because whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way, because this is the decisive issue. Then she concluded, nevertheless, Our Lady has already crushed his head. So, we should expect Satan and his minions to unceasingly work at the dismantling and destruction of the family. In fact, malevolence against the family and the upturning of God's right order within the family is one of Satan's telltale marks. The COVID-19 restrictions have also worked against the family in several ways. The vaccine mandates have caused many people to lose their jobs. This results in the loss of income and health care insurance for families. Even worse, it creates a great deal of stress within families and exacerbates every problem. Even secular outlets are reporting that the, quote, pandemic has yielded a spike in divorce rates. Police reports all over the country also show a marked rise in violent domestic abuse. Pornography, screen addiction, and alcohol and substance abuse, all maladies which ravage the family, are also on the rise. Since people are so focused on the virus and vaccine issues, many liberal governments have used this as an opportunity to pass, without notice, much legislation in support of the LGBT agenda. More people are struggling with depression and suicide rates, even among the young, are at all-time highs. In 2021, there was a significant increase in deaths among people of working age. In fact, the top two causes of death in that age group were fentanyl overdose and suicide. It is quite likely that the fentanyl deaths were caused in large part by reactions to the COVID-19 restrictions. The executive director of the Northern Shenandoah Valley Substance Abuse Coalition, Lauren Cummings, also said that the COVID-19 stimulus payments were correlated with it. Quote, we saw an increase in overdoses after the first round of stimulus payouts, end quote. Shortages in resources and employees have caused logistical nightmares in the shipping industry. Business shutdowns have also forced many people to lose their jobs, as have the unlawful vaccine mandates. Remote learning has caused a marked decrease in learning among students, 
in an increasing number of countries like Australia, Austria, Canada, France, Italy, and the Philippines, the unvaccinated are practically shut out of society altogether. Face mask mandates have been especially hard on children due to the fact that, number one, very young children need to see the entire face in order to develop their ability to recognize people. Number two, a significant part of verbal communication is dependent on seeing the mouth of the person talking. Number three, wearing a face mask decreases the amount of oxygen that a person inhales. And number four, bacteria can form on a face mask, which a person will be constantly rebreathing. It is disturbing to drive by a playground and see children in face masks. <coughs> Excuse me. Especially when they essentially have no risk of death <coughs> from the COVID-19 virus. <coughs> Excuse me. It is unethical to vaccinate children with a product that has been shown to cause so many bad reactions. <coughs> Reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine, as reported in the VAERS database, have been much more prevalent than any other vaccine. Fetal deaths and deformities are up drastically. Young athletes are dropping out of sports and even dropping dead. In Canada, it has been shown that infections, hospitalizations, and deaths from COVID-19 all soar in the days and weeks after people receive their first vaccine dose. Scientific reports with well-documented data from various nations, have shown that the vaccine and boosters are not able to prevent infection and transmission. Even the World Health Organization and the vaccine manufacturers are now admitting the same. New World Order, Great Reset. There is much talk about the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of World Economic Forum, said, The COVID-19 pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. They have every intention of changing how everyone in the world lives or dies. Klaus Schwab supposedly also said, you will own nothing and be happy. As Anthony P. Mueller, a professor of economics, warns, the main thrust of the forum is global control. Free markets and individual choice do not stand as the top values, but state interventionism and collectivism, individual liberty and private property, are to disappear from this planet by 2030. President George H.W. Bush was one of the first politicians to utter the phrase New World Order in public when he did so on September 11, 1990. Just before the start of the endless wars in the Middle East, he said, Once again, Americans have stepped forward to share a tearful goodbye with their families before leaving for a strange and distant shore. At this very moment, they serve together with Arabs, Europeans, Asians, and Africans in defense of principle and the dream of a new world order. That's why they sweat and toil in the sand and the heat and the sun. And Mr. Birmingham continues, I doubt very much that the thousands of ground troops who fought in those wars had any dreams of a new world order. It has only turned out to be a nightmare which still haunts us today. The Vatican is also fully behind the Great Reset. Pope Francis is constantly meeting with world leaders hell-bent on implementing their plans for the remaking of society. His silence on religious persecution in China, together with his approval of various communists, tells you whose side he is on. It is particularly disturbing and should raise many alarms 
to see that global secular leaders who are avowed atheists and promote every manner of immorality are being joined lockstep in their assessment of this crisis by Vatican officials and chanceries all over the world. The only reasonable conclusion to a person of faith and of goodwill is that the prophecies Our Lady made at Fatima are being fulfilled. Russia has indeed spread her errors throughout the world. There will be wars, famine, and terrible persecutions. We must all wake up to this reality and heed Our Lady's requests at Fatima, for only she can help us now. And that's the end of part two. A few things I'd like to add. Let us not ever give up on Pope Francis. Because God is patient. In fact, God is patience itself. Now, we can reflect what God actually is. We can have patience. God is patience. We can be merciful. God is mercy. And so on. As long as Pope Francis has air in his lungs, there is the opportunity for him, there is the opportunity for all of us who are still living to repent and believe in the gospel. I understand that he has done many things that faithful Catholics disagree with, scratch their head about, and have a sense of, of righteous anger, especially the attacks on the traditional Latin Mass and the pagan idolatry that was allowed to go on with the Pachamama worship at the Vatican in 2019. All right, this sort of thing would have been unthinkable to a great pope such as St. Pius X. I can only imagine you know, what, what he would think to, to see such things. They're, they're terrible. But let us not give up on him. I have a wonderful father. <clears throat> My dad has always provided for and protected his wife, his children, his grandchildren. He's a good man. But, for the sake of argument, if my father had been a wayward individual, a bank robber or a drug dealer or something like that, I would still love him. I would still pray for him. I think perhaps that's the way we need to look at Pope Francis. And of course, the individual culpability of a soul is known only to the Lord. You know, only Jesus can judge my soul, only Jesus can judge your soul, only Jesus can judge Pope Francis' soul, because he knows us more intimately, of course, than we know ourselves. And he knows all the extenuating circumstances, all the factors that you know, make us either guilty of a particular sin or, or pardon us from culpability in a certain situation. So only God can judge the state of Pope Francis's soul. And there was that famous phrase when Pope Francis uttered, who am I to judge? And of course, we have to understand that we can't judge a person's soul, but we can judge an activity as being wrong. Now, if I had a, a friend who was 
doing something nefarious, um, doing drugs or drinking too much alcohol or something like that, in confidence and in private and with love, I would counsel that person to stop doing what they're doing, to get help if they need to do so. And I hope and I pray that there are people around Pope Francis because I get the sense he's surrounded by a number of nefarious characters. But let's pray that he has someone or maybe more than one person in his life who will speak the truth to him, will tell him in charity, but firmly, that he needs to reverse course and not do the things that he's doing. Because the number one job of the Pope is to defend the faith, to protect the sacred deposit of the faith that's been handed down you know, from Pope to Pope for generations, you know, going back to St. Peter. So never give up on Pope Francis. We must always love him, respect him, pray for him, offer up sacrifices and fast for him. Because he's still the Pope. I don't buy into any of this stuff where people say, you know, Benedict is still the Pope, or I, I don't believe the Sedevacantus stuff where they, you know, people say there ha hasn't been a, a Pope since Pius XII or whatever. Pope Francis is the Pope, period. We need to love him, we need to pray for him. And we know that with God, all things are possible. Let's think back to St. Paul, who ardently persecuted early Christians. Of course, the early Christians known as the way. People were shocked and amazed. He was literally knocked off his high horse. That's where the saying comes from. And our Lord appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Not why do you persecute my people, but Jesus is so intimately bound up with his church. Like the bridegroom and the bride. He says, why do you persecute me? And Saul had a major conversion experience. Another example that comes to mind as I'm relating this to you is Dr. Ralph Martin the wonderful Catholic apologist and evangelist from Renewal Ministries. Dr. Martin talks about his experience at Notre Dame. I believe he went to a Curcio retreat, and he says that he felt like he was losing his faith, becoming more and more of a rationalist, despite being raised in the, the Catholic faith, attending a Catholic University, which at that time in the 1960s, of course, was undergoing a lot of change as Catholic schools in the U.S. and all over the world were. His change after this Curcio experience was such that some people didn't believe it. They thought he was putting people on. He went from someone who had been denigrating the church and questioning everything in regards to religious belief, to being an on-fire Catholic who wanted to tell as many people as possible about the Lord and how much the Lord loves them. That's the power of the Holy Ghost, my friends. 
That is the omnipotent power of the Holy Ghost. So, the Holy Ghost can change hearts. Mine, yours, Dr. Martin's, Pope Francis, everyone. Let us ask for the grace to be open to that. To be open to the Holy Ghost and the wonders that he can do. In my own life, a couple of years ago, back when people were allowed to do things uh, without masks and vaccine passports and, and things like this, I was part of a Life in the Spirit seminar, and I had a very holy priest pray over me. And when I was walking back to the pew, I felt like I was vibrating. My entire body was vibrating. I sat down in the pew, was vibrating, got up after praying to use the restroom. I literally felt like I was going to fall down. I just continued to vibrate. And this lasted for um, a couple of hours. I believe that the Lord gave me a raw, powerful experience of himself, the power of his love in a tangible way, a physical way I felt it, because at that point in my life, it was what I needed. God gives us what we need when we need it. And ever since then, my relationship with the Holy Ghost has been transformed. And I experienced God's love in a way that I didn't really think was possible. The Lord is amazing. We have an amazing God. So don't ever give up hope. Don't ever give up on anybody. So late great Jim Valvano said, don't give up, don't ever give up. You have that son or that daughter, that brother or sister, your cousin, your uncle, who's been away from the faith, who's caught up in drug abuse or alcoholism, pornography, whatever the particular case might be, don't stop praying for them. Don't stop praying the rosary for them every single day. Because Jesus doesn't give up on us. We shouldn't give up on anyone else. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to take verbal or certainly not physical abuse from anyone. If you're in an abusive situation, you need to get out of it. But if it's simply a case of someone who's recalcitrant and doesn't want to listen to you in regards to the faith, you want to preach the gospel to them, they don't want to hear it, that's okay. You can always pray for them. Pray that the Lord will soften their heart and maybe at a later date, a few days later, a few weeks later, maybe a few months or even years later, that person will be open to hearing what you have to say, will be open to hearing the truth. Because sin ultimately ends in despair, 
destruction, death, eternal death, if we die with an unrepentant mortal sin on our soul. Sin, sin eventually makes us miserable. In the short term, in the pursuit of wealth, pleasure, power, fame, whatever, might feel good for a little while, but ultimately we're going to be empty. That's why we turn to things like drugs, alcohol, pornography, overeating, whatever else, to fill up that hole inside of us that only the Lord can fill. As St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in thee. Ultimately, only our Lord Jesus Christ can satisfy our deepest longings. So don't give up on Pope Francis. Keep praying for him. Don't give up on your friend or family member who is away from the faith. Keep praying for them. Keep loving them. And trust in the Lord. Let us conclude by honoring Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph for the Salvation of a Soul by Father Donald Calloway. O wonderful St. Joseph, I earnestly recommend to your care the salvation of Pope Francis. Jesus shed his blood for this person. Let not the precious blood of our Savior have been shed in vain. Deliver Pope Francis from the snares of the devil. Heal Pope Francis from the poison of the world. And I beg you, do not stop interceding for Pope Francis until the gates of heaven are open to their soul. Beg your spouse to place Pope Francis under her maternal mantle. While this soul lives on earth, grant them conversion, love of Jesus, Mary, and the Catholic Church, and a return to full participation in the sacraments. Where else can I turn but to you, my spiritual father? In you I have confidence, in you I have hope. Hear my prayer, my spiritual father, and take away my fears. God will listen to you. Ask him for me, for the sake of the love you have for all of us. Amen. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Yosef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please share this podcast with everyone you know. Please pray that rosary daily and share it with others. Pray with them. God will bless you abundantly for it. Goodbye, and God love you.